Hey everybody, welcome to Superflex City Commissioner's Office. Today I am here with John Hogue at Superflex Dude on the Twitterverse. John, what is up? What's up, William Sherman <laughs> McCarthy? Like I, I was sure that you were gonna blow the name on that. <laughs> like the just the way we talked about it before we started recording, there was like I had almost no confidence. And uh, I, I apologize for that, first of all, because you nailed it. I'm but, a professional. <laughs> it was it was a little bit like uh, like Will Ferrell in old school when he when he debates James I Carville. Blacked out. Yeah, <laughs> <He> just kind of out of body experience, plowed what? through it, got it done. That's right. That was perfect. We have nothing else to say. Yep. All right. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so today we're going to uh, be talking about some commissioner issues that you and I have encountered over the, uh, probably the last few months, and last night, uh, you and I were yelling at each other about <laughs> a, a trade deadline, uh, at least, you know, it's, it's so funny in Twitter how you can kind of, you can't interpret tone, so you never know if somebody's fired up or not, you know, and it's just kind of funny. Like, <laughs> like the whole time I'm just chilled, but you know, chilled out having a conversation. <laughs> like, I'm just like, yeah, this is it. And somebody yeah. actually said to me, like, are you and John arguing? I'm like, I'm not arguing. I don't think John don't, is either. Like, we're just we're having, we're just having a conversation here. <laughs> so, well, I mean, part we were, of the, like part of the problem was I I was legitimately arguing with another guy who I argue with a lot because I disagree with just about everything that he ever says. <laughs> <laughs> I won't mention his name because, like, I mean, I legitimately disagree with everything that this guy says, everything that he stands for, his entire existence. I disagree with it. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but it also like the whole thing. From like from for our conversation, it really started with me making some like very strong yes. statements. There's zero reason for trade yep. deadlines. So like, I mean, it's kind of like, where do you go from there? That's not at least somewhat argumentative, you know? Yeah, I mean, that, and that's exactly where I came out. I'm like, yeah, you know, John's kind of coming a little strong here. You know, it's. <laughs> I don't agree with your comment, John. You know, it's. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like there are purposes for the trade that deadlines. You know, and it's just a matter of. But let's be clear here. I just answered a uh, survey today that Outhouse sent around to his leagues for Dynasty Game Night, and it was, which do you prefer, trade deadlines or no trade deadlines? And mm -hmm. so my answer is no trade deadlines. Nice, but. I I play in both and I enjoy both and and so and I feel like there are different dynamics to to that and and maybe like you know there the question of well why do you have one you know as opposed to why not you know it's it's to me it's just a you're artificially creating activity that you wouldn't have otherwise typically um and, and so it is fun when it gets down to the trade deadline because it forces you to kind of make that decision. Like, what am I going to do here? And am I going to am I going to put in? So as somebody who's going into the playoffs, I think it's 
it's kind of an interesting forces you to decide what you want to do. Are you happy with the depth of your team? Do you need to add a running back? Do you need to add another position to get you through the playoffs? Um, you know, those are just things that I like to consider in some of my leagues. And I, I find that fun to have to make those decisions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that, that was my whole thing, especially in dynasty. Like it's just such an ongoing process that I don't like the idea of shutting it down at any point, you know, like in, and like the, so the, the concern, right. Is that the contenders are going to be able to, you know, you, you got into the playoffs with a, a strong team, but you're going to be able to just load it up into this juggernaut and, you know, help you get that championship. And like, I, and I think that people are worried that, you know, that, that they're going to take advantage of the non-contenders in that scenario. And to me, and, and, and so that's why I have a trade deadline is to prevent that, prevent those contenders from loading up even more and, you know, giving themselves an, a greater advantage in the playoffs. And, and to me, like the, the, those are the teams, those contenders, they're the ones who have really kind of shut down their, their, you know, they, they've put up the blinders. You know, they're not worrying about 2021 anymore. They're not thinking about 2022. They're not thinking about the future. All they're thinking about is right now getting a championship. For the rest of the teams, though, they're still they're still in the same mode that they've been in all freaking year, which is how do I keep building this team up into an actual dynasty, you know, a long-term contender? How do I get younger? How do I get stronger? How do I upgrade at these positions? for next year and beyond rather than, you know, right now. And a trade deadline keeps them from doing that. You know, it, it, it forces them to kind of stop the, the process that they've been working on for the last, you know, 49 weeks since the last time you imposed a stupid trade deadline on them. <laughs> like it, it, they, they were, you know, as soon as they were able to get back to trading, they, they went right back to the exact same process with the exact same agenda. Yeah. I, I think that that's, I think if it's based in fear, you know, kind of like you were mentioning in our Twitter uh, debates, you know, when people are doing it based on, well, I don't want to see somebody sell sell out and, you know, trade their future and all of a sudden add three starters to my lineup. Like I think that's a faulty argument. Like that's mm-hmm. that's not but but yeah, I agree. Like the, the stopping of the that is a, a, a legit argument where, you know, you're basically taking team the opportunity for teams to improve when you stop the trading for those three years. I would kind of argue that with that added activity prior to, it may, you know, at least counteract that somewhat um, because there's teams that are going to be making maybe unwise moves beforehand because they want to add depth. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, maybe they're making worse trades prior to just to feel more comfortable entering the playoffs, and that's going to help some teams who aren't in the playoffs because those trades wouldn't have been available otherwise because – knowing that you can make that move in week 16 
doesn't you're not going to make that move in week 13 with less information mm-hmm. and and you may never need to make that move so then you've just lost out on that opportunity you know to make a trade that's so i, I think that there are reasons why a, a trade deadline could increase or the opportunities for a team that's not in the playoffs to actually improve their team yeah um and I mean another thing that you that you brought up on Twitter that that makes some sense to me. I mean, okay, it doesn't it doesn't make sense, but like it does happen. <laughs> it's oh, <just> thanks. The, <laughs> well, it's not your fault that it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, okay, good. Um, it it's it's just this this universal phenomenon. Um, but you know, when you do have a trade deadline, what tends to happen is you get that flurry of moves right before the trade deadline, like the week, uh, the week leading up to the trade deadline you get, I mean, a lot of times you get just as much activity in that one week as you get in the entire season leading up to it, you know? And, um, that's definitely true. Like that does happen. Um, it's not your fault that that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well thank you good i'm glad i'm not the driver of this market yeah you don't you don't have to wear that one that one that's a phenomenon that's... i do enough stupid other stuff like... <laughs> but that's also something that that has happened in every pro sport like in real life sports yeah. since the beginning of time so like you know that's that's been there forever um and we just i mean we're just kind of doing the same things like we're we're just kind of imitating real life a lot of times with this game and and i think that that's what we end up doing we see you know the the all the all the trades in in the nba and the and in major league baseball and even in the nhl and then you know just in the last few years we've started to see the same thing in the nfl where the trade deadline, you know, right before the trade deadline, you see a bunch of like big names get traded. And, you know, we see that and we're like, man, that's like, that's such a fun time of year that, that, you know, that 24 hour period where all these trades get moved, get made in the, in a regular season of, um, you know, whatever sport you're you're talking about and and so we're like man i want to do that too i want that i want that trade you know that that hyperactive trade period and so you know we wait until the trade deadline to make all those moves and like you said i mean it makes sense too because that's kind of the that's the moment when you have the most information that you can possibly get is right before the trade deadline so, you know, if you made that same trade two weeks earlier, you wouldn't have nearly as much information as you have now. So, so it, it does make a little bit of sense. Um, but it's still, to me, it's, it's still kind of misguided to, you know, to, it, it's certainly misguided to have a trade deadline just so that you can have that, you know, that last minute flurry of trades. You know, it also, I don't, I, I mean, you're, you're still missing some information kind of your, to your point, you know, if you make a deadline deal here in, you know, week 12 at your trade deadline, you still don't, you still don't know, you know, you still don't have the complete information going into the playoffs and we still end up making some pretty bad trades. 
Oh, no question. And I, th- I think that that's actually a positive thing in a way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just you're going to make trades that you didn't need to because of the trade deadline. And, and that adds to it. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people got into the into fantasy football because they wanted to feel like a GM. So, like, you know, it's kind of fun to run your own team and build it the way you want. And they kind of view themselves as like a GM as opposed to like a coach. Right. So they want to be able to kind of experience stuff that uh, the GMs do. So like the, the trade deadline in that regard, it's just a different perspective. Right. Whereas if you're a coach, you want all the information. If you're looking at it as though I want to coach my team and I enjoy the part of picking my lineup and doing all that, maybe you're more um, geared towards not wanting a trade deadline because it's, you know, it's something that like, I just want to make that decision when I need to. And, and I get it. Like I, I 100% understand the, like you're, you're taking the activity out of the league for, for three weeks a year. Um, I think that that's immaterial. Um, the amount of time to not be able to make a trade. I mean, there's so many weeks during the season that there's not trades being made. Um, (laughs) so I just feel like what's three more weeks. Um, but it does suck because there's only so many weeks of the year that there's information getting provided so you can make trades and those are three of the weeks and we're we're limiting it so i mean i think that this is a, this will be an argument forever like i on whether to have trade deadlines or not because i just think that there's people that depending on your perspective and how you're looking at how you run your team you know you may lean one way or the other yeah. So here's my question to you. And, and I've got a little bit of a, a segue here um, into another topic off of it. But I'm going to start with this. Like, is there a scenario where so, you know, so I said that there's zero reason to have a trade deadline. And I guess here's what I mean by that. I'm going to I'm going to, you know, kind of answer that question with a question to you. Is there a scenario where you in fact, do have need to have a trade deadline. And this is particularly in Dynasty. You know, redraft, obviously, is a totally different thing. I still don't think that you should do it in, in redraft, personally. I like in, Instead, you should be finding ways to keep the entire league active and, ha- you know, make it so that everybody has something to play for, everybody has reasons to make mutually beneficial trades. But, you know, in most cases, most redraft leagues, if you're not in playoff contention, you're just kind of done. And in that case, like if you have nothing to play for, you have no motivation to make a, a good trade for your own team because you're not playing for anything, then yeah, you shouldn't be able to trade. Agreed. <laughs> but in Dynasty, I mean, obviously we, you know, we have kind of a perpetual motivation to keep keep improving our rosters so is there a time and a place for a trade deadline so the question of is is there a specific reason why you should have a trade deadline aside Mm -hmm. from enjoying the activity no yeah like i don't feel like there's a like we we have to have a trade deadline because yeah it's it's just we're going to have a trade deadline because it adds something different to the league and you know, 
what the hell? Let's do it. It's like, <laughs> you know, let's do tiered PPR or let's do 1.25 per 10 yard, you know, points per yards rushed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just a, just adding different things, facets to leagues that keep things different and interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I view it. I don't view it as um, there's no argument for like specifically having a trade deadline. And I, I've, okay. I file, you know, I get that there's, there's arguments the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, and that's why I say like, if when I answered that, I, I would say, no, I, I don't want a trade deadline in that survey of which do you prefer? But I don't argue if there is one, because to me, they're fun. It just adds something different. <laughs> and yeah, like, I, I like the difference in the dynamics of that. And 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 it also I feel like it it rewards the teams who like as if you're looking at it as a GM you're rewarding the teams who have built their teams to to be successful in the playoffs already and not be reactionary you know you're being a little bit more forward thinking you're being able to you know figure out you know is my team balanced do I have the players I need to succeed in the playoffs and I feel that adds a little bit there's maybe a little bit of a different skill involved by having to make that decision earlier. And, and so I, I, like to me that adds just a little bit of a dynamic that like I do enjoy when that happens. So, yeah. And there's, there's strategy to it. Like I, I kind of compared it to best ball. I hate best ball. Like <laughs> I, I think it's like, it's, it feels like kindergarten, you know, like it's, it, it's got, it's just nerfed to a point where, like there's there's very little luck or very little skill involved for me you know in my opinion at least but um there's there there's still a strategy even though there's no skill there's still strategy <laughs> and you know which is that you know you you find the the boom bust players or you know you find the right mix of players to where you're going to maximize your output every every week you know you combine guys like you know Will Fuller and Mike Evans and you figure you know one of them's going to have a big week if not both of them pretty much every week you're going to get a big week out of one of them um even though you're never going to get a a you know you're not going to get a big week every week out of both of them you know so like there, there's there's still strategy to it, um, and, and and I think that that's fair. Um, it, like I'm I'm always all for you know adding different wrinkles of strategy, um, adding like making people think about something slightly different than they do in most of their leagues. So, so I do think that that's, that that's fair. I don't have a problem with it. If you want to have a trade deadline, um, you know, based on that, I just, I just really took issue with the idea that, you know, you absolutely have to have a trade deadline to, you know, to prevent those lopsided trades. And to Um, be fair, where this started was a person quote tweeted something that they had said previously saying that there is absolutely no reason to 
not and, have a trade that like it was the complete and why is flip. this even a debate and it was yeah. complete inverse of what you you responded with john so yeah like they were speaking in absolute so then john responded in an absolute and yeah They're, the absolutes are obviously neither of them are ever going to be 100 percent <laughs> right but but you were making well, a point with your absolute to you know well, and in all fairness, you just agreed to my absolute, which is there isn't there's zero reason to have a trade deadline. Like you you can do it, but there isn't an actual reason for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I, I like if you're going to write down like ex- aside from enjoying the different dynamic of the league. Yeah. Like so I think that's a legit reason. It may not be a um a reason that you appreciate. <laughs> I but don't. <laughs> right. And that's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, I don't like, uh, you know, I don't like best ball either. Like, I think that that takes something away. Like you're not yeah. setting your lineups. There's it's, it's less skill involved, but I don't think that there's less skill involved. I actually think a trade deadline makes it there more skill involved mm-hmm. because you have to forecast and you have to ensure that you have that depth. Whereas have not having a trade deadline you can be reactionary to any situation yeah so for me it's a little like at least the way i view it it's a little different like i I feel like there is more skill involved with a trade deadline so i'm gonna throw you a curveball and actually like this is this is gonna be uh, uh, uh this is gonna curve multiple times on you i don't know how the, the hell ethos. you're even gonna get a piece of this one. Oh, i won't <laughs> <laughs> you're cornering but, like, me i know this <laughs> <laughs> because of, so the first curve i'm throwing you is i'm i'm skipping around in our uh our show notes here okay um but the second uh the second curve i'm throwing you is after everything we just said about how there's zero at least to me there's no reason to have a trade deadline in the Superflex Super Show Vampire League, we have a trade deadline, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm actually kind of a, a, a stickler about this, and uh, I've had to reverse a few trades already. Um, but I so I I want to get your thoughts on this. I also just thought that uh, the Vampire League is a good one to bring up because man, there's a lot of moving parts to that, and there's some yeah. stuff that people might want to you know, might want to actually use, they might want to take it into their own super flex leagues, their dynasty leagues. Um, and we can get into the premise of the vampire league. We can get to some of the, the various settings that we have, but the, the thing that's the most relevant is the trade deadline. And I want to get your thoughts on this because this is, this is the time where you do need a trade deadline. So, I guess I do have to give a little bit of an overview of what a vampire league is just to just to make it make sense. Sure. So essentially 12 team league and one of the 12 is a vampire, right? So the vampire doesn't get to draft uh, in the startup. Um, we we did change that. So quick, real quick, shout out to Tom Kislingberry for coming, not only coming up with the, the idea of the vampire league invented the, the vampire league but he's also a member of the super show uh listener league he's one of uh six vampires in this six division league uh 72 teams but the it's it's nuts man it's a it's a it's a big one um and it's a ton of fun though but anyway so the vampire doesn't draft in the startup and the the wrinkle that we put in that because it's a super flex league 
So uh, when the the 12th quarterback goes off the board in the startup, then the vampire immediately just jumps ahead of the line, just jumps onto into the draft, goes on the clock, and can take a quarterback. Uh, the Super Show absolutely blew it, took Mitchell Trubisky over Lamar Jackson in the startup last year, um, and still ended up building a pretty good team. But uh, yeah, that was despite our, our one draft pick, we absolutely blew it. Um, and then the vampire doesn't get rookie picks either. You can trade for them, but you don't inherently get them like the rest of the league does. The vampire builds their team off of waivers. And then, uh, every time they win a game, they can steal a player from, uh, the team that they beat from their starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. So we made it so it's only from your starting lineup, and not only that, you can uh, you can protect one player with your immediate first round pick. So here in 2020, if you have a 2021 first round pick, you can take one player out of your lineup and replace them with that draft pick. It exposes a draft pick. It can be stolen now. But in a lot of cases, people are still willing to do that because it's like, you know, otherwise I'm going to steal Miles Sanders from you. And Miles Sanders is obviously worth more than a 2021 first, you know, (laughs) at least to most people. So, um, but anyways, and and so the idea is that the vampire just keeps as, you know, every time he feasts, every time he steals a player, he gets more powerful until... He finally gets to the playoffs. He builds a good enough team to get to the playoffs and then, you know, gets through the playoffs, wins a championship, and it ends the league. It's the era of darkness at that point. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, it's so yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting league. It's been a fun league. The problem with trading. And so, what I did with the trade deadline is I said, you know, so it's a, it's an 11 week league so that nobody has to play the vampire twice. Um, it's an even playing field as far as the vampire goes. And then, uh, so week 12 is the beginning of the playoffs and, um, six teams from each of the six divisions make it into the playoffs. So we need all five weeks (laughs) to get through the playoffs and determine a champion. Um, but anyway, so the, the trade deadline is, if you're in playoff contention uh, by the uh, the start of games in week 11, then you're not eligible to trade until you're eliminated from playoff contention. And so, you know, the, the basically we don't want non-playoff teams to be able to load up the playoff teams to help them beat the vampire and keep the vampire from killing the league from resetting the league. And uh, so like, to me, that's the, that's the one time where you kind of need a trade deadline. Like there's actual motivation there to load up those contenders and to make some lopsided trades in favor of the contender just to, you know, to keep the league going and be able to beat the vampire and keep them from, uh, you you know, from winning the championship and resetting the league. So, don't you think that you could you 
you would you could say the same thing for like empire leagues. Yep. Or what about leagues that have a uh, bonus for multi-year championships? Yeah, I think so. Um, so so pretty much anything that has a cumulative or there's like some bonus to ensure that somebody doesn't win. Probably, yeah. It probably makes sense to not have a um, – or to have a trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, I think with that revolving pot, it's probably less likely to happen. I don't think that you're going to – you know – I mean, maybe if like, if like the pot gets so big that you have to like put it in escrow or something. Right, <laughs> like, right. Well, that's not thinking. You know, like, like if it's a real, yeah, but, if there's a large yeah. percentage going to it or something like that. Yeah. In that case, you're probably keeping somebody from, from winning that. But like, you know, if it's, if it's anywhere from like, you know, most of those revolving pots are somewhere in the neighborhood of three, 300 to $3,000. And I don't, I personally, I don't know about you. I don't think that I would be willing to give up, you know, a big part of my future in that league just to prevent somebody from winning a $3,000 pot, you know? Sure. I mean, um, but, but it, in theory, like the, if the argument is, like you need to trust your league mates, mm-hmm. then is there really even a reason to do it in these instances? Hmm. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I wanted to, I wanted to hear what the counter argument <laughs> would be. I mean, if your um, if your argument is the same, yeah, like I'm just using your argument totally in our conversation. So like, if you believe that in the other one, then why do you need to do it here? Yeah. The problem is in this case, there actually is benefit. There's there's strategy and there's benefit to, you know, if you're if you're a non-contender, to losing a trade to a contender, you know, because, you know, I like if I've if I if, mean, if I miss the playoffs, but I've got, you know, I've got Alvin Kamara and not much else. Like I could, I could afford to trade away Kamara. I mean, he's not, he's not a huge part of my future. I'm going to lose value on this trade. I'm going to send him to a contender who's playing against a vampire this week, help them win uh, that game against a vampire. And like, I lose the value on it um, because, you know, again, like it, it, helps me like maybe I've loaded up on draft picks and I want to make those picks, you know? Yeah. But to me, that's still bad for the league. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess I can see that, but at the same time, you got to think like what, who's going to trade away something and take a loss. I mean, maybe in the final, somebody might do that. Like if you're in the final, um, yeah. But I, I don't see a lot of people still making those trades. Um, yeah, I don't think it would happen a lot. But I mean, again, like if that if if you were in a situation where, you know, you've got you you loaded up on draft picks, like you traded away everything, you went fire sale. Mm-hmm. You've got a bunch of first of, of first round picks, and so you're heavily invested in seeing a 2021 in this league, and all you're left with is Alvin Kamara. Like it kind of makes sense for you to trade Alvin Kamara for Chase Claypool, you know, 
trade Kamara to that contender for Chase Claypool. You still get a young player who you can kind of build around and they win and you get to make all those draft picks, you know? So like you're invested in their success and that's like, that's kind of a sketchy thing anyways. (laughs) It's not really something we can avoid in a vampire league, but like that's a dynamic that you typically don't want. Yeah. I I mean, I, I can see it either way, I guess, you know, it's, it's very similar. I don't, I don't think that there, it's just, it's interesting that our perspectives flipped right here. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause I'm totally like, well, I, I find it inconsistent a little bit. Um, yeah. But like, I understand the thought process for sure. Like, um, you just want to prevent that. And there's a lot of moving parts in a seven or six league setup and, you know, there, there's just so much, you know, you have the pressure of 71 other teams to beat that, um, that vampire. So not only is it, so there are chances for that to happen. So I, I get that. Like there would be a lot more peer pressure for sure on a team to make a move to help that team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I can buy that. Yeah. Yeah, like we we talk all the time, and this could be another segue if you want, but <laughs> vetoes. <laughs> we talk all the time about about vetoes and and the idea of collusion that ends up mostly being mythological. But like in a vampire league or in an empire league, there is a little bit of that. There is kind of that that there is a little bit of collusion, like inherently, you know to avoid whatever it is that, you know, whatever that kill switch is exactly, like whatever that looks like. Like in an Empire League, for those who don't know, it's a dynasty league with a revolving pot. You know, part of of your buy-in goes to the pot for that season. Part of it goes into a pot that just accumulates. And then usually what it is is the first time somebody wins back-to-back championships – uh, they win that revolving pot and the league ends. I mean, sometimes you reset it. Sometimes you're just done forever. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen both. And, uh, you know, w- while you're sitting there building up this team um, and and it's looking like it's going to be a strong contender next year, to be facing the abyss is really pretty horrifying so like you know so again you you end up invested in you know seeing that team lose that team that could potentially just erase all the work that you've done on your own roster you're invested in that and you end up kind of working with that other the 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 team that could potentially save you from that you know yeah, so there's always going to, like you said, there's always going to be like a a bias or a weighted, um, you know, the league will be weighted against whoever's going for that repeat or or the vampire or whatever. And that's just a dynamic that was built based on the rules. So, of course, like when you do those sort of things where they're not traditional leagues, you know, th- the rules may not um, fit properly based on that so you may need a trade deadline where you might not believe in it in another you know in a normal league or you may need the vetoes because it's just so ridiculous 
But I mean, of course, like, I mean, we're both no veto generally. So, I mean, I'm really fine even with the no veto in any league, regardless of what it is. But, um, yeah, I I just don't, I think you can probably keep the same rules for everything and be fine and not even, and, and, and just to keep it as a even blanket blanket statement, like no (laughs) vetoes or no trade deadlines and you'd be fine. Like, cause every league, it's just gonna, every league's going to have a little bit of nuance that might affect that a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, I, I just, I find that those situations are so rare and so um, precise, you know, they'd have to be so specific that, you know, I, I, the odds of them happening, at least from what I've seen are, are pretty low. Um, yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe, maybe I just haven't participated enough in those. So, I mean, I haven't had that experience either. I, yeah. I agree with you. Like so much of this stuff, and that's that's part of my problem with trade deadlines, is a lot of times. I mean, you know, th- there are people like you who who kind of view it as, you know, just kind of an added wrinkle, some more strategy involved, and you know, just one more thing that you have to kind of navigate in your league, um, which can be fun. Most people, though, are doing it for the same reason that they have that they allow vetoes, which is a kind of an, inher- an inherent distrust for the people that they're playing with. You know, that to make mutually beneficial moves, you know, all year round, and you know, without without having somebody, you know without having the ability to um you know to stop them from making the moves that they think is best for their team yeah and that's the wrong reason to do it yeah you know? you're playing scared and that's not the way to do it so yeah like the rules shouldn't be based off of fear they should you know if something like that happens it's just collusion you know or whatever right. so that's what that rules for <laughs> yeah so you're you're, and- you're covered Right. And the reason that we, that we, so we put vetoes here is one of the things that we wanted to talk about. And I mean, like the, as far as like, should you have vetoes? Like that's easy, you know, it's a no across the board. Like, I don't think that, that there's any debate to be had. Vetoes are, again, it's, it's, there's bad intentions behind it. People use it in the wrong way. It's like an overreach. It's an abuse of power. People use it because not because like they're overturning a bad trade, but be, be, because they're overturning a trade that that they don't like because it helps one of their, you know, their their rivals, one of their competitors. Exactly. It's, so then it's, it just ruins it. It ruins the the flow of the league, and right. it, people have bad attitudes after that because you know why it got vetoed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, but, you know, so like, that's an easy conversation to have. Should we have vetoes? Hell no. Right. <laughs> like, so that's been resolved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. The thing, so... that the, the thing that people kind of miss with vetoes, though, is what is our recourse then if we're not going to have vetoes? People still make bad trades. Every now and then collusion actually happens, although for the most part, it doesn't happen nearly as uh, nearly as often as people 
think. Yeah, it's just bad <laughs> trades. Yeah, yeah, uh, like people just sometimes, you know, one side doesn't understand player values. They're new to Dynasty, new to Superflex, and they don't, you know, they're, they, they haven't gotten calibrated yet on player values and pick values. So, you know, in that case, the thing that, that people don't get is like, okay, well, if I don't have vetoes, so what am I going to do? Just allow that to happen? Well, no, you've got a commissioner. I, and, and actually this is a question for you, how you feel about this to me, the, like the, the, what you do instead of vetoing is allow the commissioner, the power to step in and reverse a bad trade. I don't see anything wrong with that. Do you? Yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, I guess it would have to be egregiously bad. Like it, it would have to be like, sure. Devante Adams for like ESB or something like that. You know what I yeah. mean? Just so egregious that like, there's no way that anybody of sound minds making this trade, mm-hmm. um, a bad trade, and that's the problem, right? Like you have to trust your uh, commissioner to do the right thing, and it's like you gotta gotta hope that everybody is doing everything based on, um, you know, to their best ability and honestly and openly. Um, but I'm not gonna like. I probably wouldn't even do that. You know, a bad trade's a bad trade. We all learn from bad trades. We shouldn't that's just part of the life cycle of a, a a team and a, an owner. Uh, we've all made really bad trades. Like I've had trades that ended up on Ryan McDowell's podcast and they were ripping my <laughs> trade, you know, like when I started, you know, and it was like, well, I guess that was a bad one. You know what I mean? And, and in retrospect, but the like... funny things in retrospect, the trade was perfectly fine. Like, yeah. but at that moment it was a terrible trade. Like it was, um, <laughs> Tevin Coleman, I got Tevin Coleman in a second for uh, oh man, who is the wide receiver in Seattle? Um, Doug Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah. And this was like I I made the trade. Baldwin it was never the same after that, and you know you so I ended up getting that. Tevin in a second, and that was fine. But at that moment, that was a bad trade, and they were like, uh, it was on so the, bad. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was like right after they had the trade finder, so they were pulling those up, and they were like, "Oh man, look at this one," you know. And <laughs> I'm like, "Well, I guess that was a bad trade," but um, yeah, you never want to hear that. You never want to hear Ryan McDowell <laughs> on his podcast saying, "Oh my God, look at this trade." <laughs> yeah, but but this actually plays along with the whole like having the commissioner step in. Mm-hmm. You know, Ryan thought that was a terrible trade, but if you look from the date of that trade on. I won that trade. Right. Like, so, so what we think we know at that moment, we may not know. Yeah. And, you know, Doug Baldwin started getting beat up. His body was just, you know, was never the same. He, he just never was at that same level where he was getting, you know, as many targets and he just, he was missing a lot of games. And Tevin Coleman was, you know, a running back two, three, and, and I got a second round pick. And so it's just we we know much less than we think we know. So when everybody blows up about a trade in the league, you know, they're all going to like half the time they're going to look like idiots a year yeah. from now. 
Right. And so that's why I even say don't even let the commissioner reverse anything yeah. because unless it's so egregious that like, and it has to be like literally no sane person on this earth would make this trade. And then you have, but as a commissioner, you have to educate that person and say, Hey, here, this is why I did this. And like show them, pull up the DLF trade finder, show them other trades for that player. And, and explain like this is the value of this player you know you that's part of your job as a commissioner if you have a, a new player is just to make sure that they're educated you know give them some resources to look at and send and them that to sort super of flex city yep hit up john hogue <laughs> yeah <laughs> not, not not bill just john <laughs> leave me the hell alone i barely yeah. like to talk to you john i don't want to talk to people i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But but so so that's it with the vetoes. I I actually fully if the trade's been made, the trade's been made. Yeah. Un, unless it's just you know just awful. But I agree. Um, I I totally agree with that. By the way, like yeah. I, I mean, even in in the case of that that trade that that you were talking about that Ryan ripped into, <laughs> <laughs> which is a funny story. It's <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. Um. I mean, even like even if you had lost that trade. You know, even if if they had been right and Doug Baldwin stayed on the course that he was on, he didn't have the injury issues that ultimately shorten his career. You know, um, even if, you know, that second round pick ended up, you know, whatever, like even if you had lost that trade. You still like you still didn't. Nobody knew that. Yeah. Until looking like in hindsight, that's when you. Yes. Were and, able that, to... and that's something that like, you know, I made that trade and then I, I, I get slammed for it. So all of a sudden I'm like, OK, maybe I need to do a little more research before I make these trades. You know, it's just certain things that, you know, as an owner, you learn, you know, mm-hmm. you make mistakes. That's that's what life's about. Right. Like everything we yeah. do is trial and error. And. If we're not making mistakes, are we really learning? You know, and yeah, so I'd be allowed to make our own mistakes too. Yeah, let me make my own mistakes. (laughs) I'll learn from it. And if I don't, guess what? Yeah. You know, hey, I'm not going to win money and that's okay. You know, it's some people don't want to put the time and they just want to play and have fun and that's okay too. And, you know, maybe, maybe you bounce them from your league because they're ruining the competitiveness (laughs) of it. But, you know, I mean, and that's a different dynamic, right? Like, yeah, if, that, if, yeah, and and honestly, that's probably for a totally separate episode. Yeah. Um, that we could we could and absolutely should get to stuff like that. Yeah, at some point, but yeah, I mean, ultimate like my kind of uh, what I want people to know is, you know, if you don't have vetoes, you still have recourse. Like you, and yes. and really, what it should be for a commissioner is. You know, you start by doing the work up front. Ask them, like, so what does that trade do for you? <laughs> right. You know, you made this this trade. It's got obviously everyone's heated about this. I mean, can you explain it? Can you explain, you know, your point of view and your your thought process on this? And if they can, then it's like, hey, he, he's he paid for his roster. They yeah. paid for their roster. Him or her. <laughs> yes. They they paid for their roster. They get to do what they want with it, you know, at the end of the day. And right. they have a perfectly good reason for making that trade. 
Yep. It's totally valid. And he he knew that that Doug Baldwin was be- going to become an injury prone <laughs> sack and nothing, and and he knew that Tevin Coleman was going to end up back with Kyle Shanahan, and plus he got his second round pick on top of it. Like <laughs> winner, know, he saw all that coming. Yeah, that's right. But you know, and that, the other thing is sometimes, and I think when you see those really bad trades, it's just a, a person who's inexperienced that's like oh, well, I want to get the first pick overall, so I want to give up points so I can get that first pick overall, not realizing all the value loss, you know. And, <laughs> and so I think that sometimes, you know, when you're new and you're just here, oh, let's get that first pick overall, it's worth so much, and you just don't you don't have the values down, and that's really the biggest, you know. You know, trade your veterans for young guys and that sort of thing, and so you kind of – go way too far on it but yeah. uh so our plan for this show was going to be 30 minutes we're at 50 <laughs> so let's kind of go to a few of these other topics um yeah we can you know we maybe can we can do some these. bullet points i mean yeah hey I, we could do this all day we were joking about being done in like four hours so maybe that'll <laughs> still happen but um okay so there was actually in one of my leagues there was quite the blow up during the season um, one of the guys in my league was like he plays a lot of um, like high stakes leagues, and he got a little a uh, little upset because the league was set up to not carry over your lineup from week to week. So before <laughs> Thursday every week, you'd have to put your lineup in to ensure you could get all of your the players you want in your lineup. Yep. And he obviously noticed it on a Friday one week that. Uh, that was not the case, and he got uh, pretty fired up about it, uh, not realizing what the rules were, not realizing that for the last five weeks he had been having to do the exact same thing, um, but the week that he forgot about it is when he got upset about the rule. Um, and his argument was, what good does it do the league to have that setting? To make you set your lineup every week? Yes. <laughs> to play the game every week? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, it's nice, to, as a, at least for me as a commissioner, I get to know who's active and who's not. Yeah. Um, so that was my original response. He's like, yeah, but like if I don't put my lineup in, then a team's getting a free win and it ruins the you know, integrity of the league a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's a legit comment, but at the same time, I mean, it's a Thursday game. It's not like... He goes, or God forbid something happens to somebody, you know, and they, they can't put their lineup in for that week. You know, what you're you're already destroying like the integrity of the league, whereas if it carries from week to week, at least there's some most players will be playing that following week. Mm-hmm. And so I I mean, he has a legit point. Like I think that those are legit points. Um I don't know. I mean, is do you have an opinion in regards to that? I, I, I do. I mean, not a, not a super strong one, but I, yeah. so, I mean, I think that the, the other setting, and I, I assume this is probably MFL. It is. Yes. My fantasy league.com, which is, uh, you know, kind of the, the champ as far as dynasty goes. Um, but I, I you know, there's another setting that kind of goes hand in hand with this, which is, you know, if you have roster violations, like IR violations, specifically you've got a player on ir and this is really comes into play here in 2020 when you know a player can be on ir for three weeks instead of eight um but you've got a player on on ir who is now active 
they're they're no longer on NFL IR, but they're on your IR. You know, a lot of times you don't catch it. So MFL has a setting where you can't set your lineup, you can't make ad drops, you can't trade, you can't do any of that until you clear up your IR violations. And the same happens with uh, the taxi squad as well. But, you know, so if if you have to go in and set your lineup and then you try and set your lineup and it, it won't let you submit it because you've got an IR violation. Well, now, you know, you you fix, you clear up your IR violation. You probably have to drop a player to make room for that player coming off of IR. Like there's, there's kind of a lot to that, you know, and it's, and it is pretty important that people stay active, that people stay on top of their rosters. And that's kind of the best way to do it is to make them set the lineup every single week. People love to set it and forget it, quote unquote, set it and forget it. And, you know, that's, first of all, that's not really playing the game. (laughs) Um, But, you know, if, if that's the way you want to play, that's, that's fine. But there's more to this than, you know, just just drafting your team, setting your lineup once before week one, and then just being done. There's way too much. It, Dynasty is way too involved for that. So you can't, you're not going to get away with doing that. So to me, you know, I like I, I, I still have a slight preference towards um, the lineup carryover, uh, but... I can ob- I can absolutely see the reason for not having it carry over. Yeah, it, it's it, it was an interesting one, and I'm not, I'm not passionate about one way or the other. And I'm almost thinking like his points are valid to the like you still have to go in and and resolve those IR issues and your taxi squad issues and that sort of thing on mm-hmm. a weekly basis. So, um. You know, I, I'm thinking maybe this this off season I may change all of mine to that just to um, kind of help it. out. But I, I, I like it really doesn't matter to me. And the whole league kind of he's like, oh, leave it to a fifty dollar league to uh, <laughs> worry about, um, you know, worry about league activity, you know, or something like that. And yeah, you know, he was kind of like talking down to us. So then he got thrashed <laughs> by the whole the whole league but whatever um i mean i I, and i think kind of the sorry just to just to put a bow on it though but i i think kind of the argument in favor of carryover lineups is the fact that you know sometimes life gets in the way yep you don't always get around to setting the lineup that doesn't mean that you're lazy it doesn't mean you're one of those set it and forget it guys yep it just means that you didn't get to it in time and you would much rather have you know, a somewhat of a lineup already set, even though it's not the optimal lineup, you'd still like something there yeah. going against whoever it is. You'd like some points rather than a zero. Yeah. You know? And and you may screw yourself by playing a player you didn't want to play, mm-hmm. but you're not going to screw yourself of not getting any points. Right. So yeah, there, there's a difference to that. And so that's why I think I, I am in the off season going to lean towards maybe switching it up to just let it carry forward. Yeah. Um, Okay, so there was a couple other topics, and there's one actually I wanted to address a little bit in this Vampire League that you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And this is as a commissioner, when you set rules in a league and you start this league up, there's intent for for what you expect this league to be. Yep. And 
a situation we've run into in the Vampire League is as the Vampire, a lot of the teams we played against, and I think that the rule of only being able to steal from their starting lineup is what caused this. Mm-hmm. And if we just said you get to steal one person from the roster, it wouldn't matter, right? Like every, that would change the whole thing. But that rule made it so teams, when they set their lineups, they if they were facing the vampire, they would just set their worst lineup possible, so that if the and just let the vampire get the win, and then they have a bunch of chumps to pick from as opposed to all of their great players. And they're willing to take that one loss not to lose one of their studs, potentially. Mm-hmm. And and so you were pretty relaxed about that this year. And I, I'm sure it probably presented itself last year also a little bit, but probably the vampires weren't quite good enough last year to <laughs> worry about that very often. Yep. Um, problem is, that's not what the intent of that rule was. And... And like everybody kind of finding that loophole when that's not how the league is supposed to play. This is a league that has that rule to make it fun and to make it so it is a challenge and that you might lose a player, you know, and and that's how everybody wants to, that's why this league was made. So you could play a game that's a little bit different and has different dynamics to it, but then you go and basically completely remove that possibility by the way that you set the lineup because you found a loophole with the way that the rules are worded and i think that maybe just that alone is a good thing as like a commissioner when you have your bylaws to say hey this is you know i'm willing i'm able to do anything based on like you know the best interest of the league and and quash that, you know what I mean? Like that, that probably like in retrospect should have been quashed right when it started happening. Yeah. You know? And, and so just as a commissioner, make sure that you're paying attention to that kind of stuff. Cause if you see somebody like abusing a loophole, call them out and say, Hey, this is not what the intent of this is. And if you don't, you know, well, that's not what the bylaws state. Well, that's not what the intent of the bylaws were. And, and, you know, you got to come, communicate with your league and ensure that that doesn't happen so anyway like you know obviously those things are gonna get changed this off season i would imagine yeah for sure and man that that vampire league and that rule in particular laying down for the vampire like that that could be an ongoing saga on this show because like it i I, it's gonna be a tough decision because i do want people to have the ability to strategize and you know somewhat avoid the the vampire steal um but yeah i mean just setting these trash lineups taking a loss and and then leaving the vampire stealing you know a a player who easily could just be on waivers is uh like like you said i mean it kind of goes against the spirit of the entire league right and and just as a macro thing kind of looking at it that way just if if you're setting up a league like that, make sure that you, you know, and this is like a live and learn kind of thing. Just make sure that you verbalize this is the intent. You know, this is what this league is about. Yeah. You know, for these these odd rules and that, and and make sure that the league understands that going in. And that might just be something that you know completely wasn't even at the front of your mind to bring up because you're just like, okay, I think I have everything covered. 
I don't need to do that. And then you start seeing what's happening and it's too late by that point. So, yeah. um, You know, it's just, it's really as easy as putting it in your bylaws. I, I think that people should actually do that. You know, Scott Fish has, has his bylaws written out and he's, he has, he's addressed every possible scenario. Like he's got the most comprehensive bylaws known to man, like everything that could possibly come up, he's prepared for it. I'm not that way as a commissioner. I can't do that. I don't have the time to write out those bylaws. Um, I, I don't have the, uh, the, the, the ability to, you know, think abstract abstractly like that about like what happens if, if a pandemic happens to hit, (laughs) like he, he was prepared for this. (laughs) Well, and and also like, I mean, to be fair, he's been commissioning for so long that he's encountered a ton of these, you know, so these are just based off of previous experience where he had to write those in. Yeah. Yeah. But even, even then, like there's still stuff that I've experienced that I still don't, you know, I don't, I don't get it into my, my bylaws. And honestly, you could chalk it up to laziness and that would be fair. (laughs) But like at the end of the day, to me, like there are two different commissioners, there's letter of the law and there's spirit of the law. And I make sure to put in my bylaws that, you know, I, that this is a spirit of the law league, you know, just because it's not written doesn't mean it's not there. We all, we all know you know, what, what this is supposed to look like, how this is supposed to go, you know, don't go looking for loopholes just based on what's written in the bylaws, because not everything that's, you know, that's, that's pertinent to this league is going to be written in the bylaws. I'm never going to have complete bylaws like that. Yeah, that's fair. And, and that's a good thing to say, you know, just, and plus as a commissioner, as long as you have, best interest clause in there you're you're pretty much free to do what you need to do um Mm -hmm. just in case and so make sure you always have that in there just so if somebody says well it's not in there you can point to look at that last state you know last entry in the bylaws that's covering my my butt so i can do what i think's best for this league and um yeah, we have a few more topics, but maybe we'll uh, we'll push those to another time. I think sure. we we just hit an hour. I mean, I think that's a good time for our uh, our first uh, meeting in the Superflex City Commissioner's <laughs> Office. And um, you know, nice. we'll uh, got we'll, it again. Uh, add those to the uh, you know to the meeting minutes for next time, and. Uh, John, great job. It was fun talking with you for this hour-long episode. Hell yeah, man. Meeting adjourned. uh, Meeting adjourned.